All right. Good evening. Welcome. This is uh, Draft 412, our first Steeler uh, podcast with the four horsemen as the fourth guy, Joe 412, just pops right in. 412, Joe, just jumps right in. We got Dave. I don't know how you guys are seeing this at home. Dave is underneath me to the, uh, is that to the left of me? I guess that's to the left of me is Joe 412, Joe. And below Joe is Emmett. Uh, guys, we're in that time of the year with football now where there's no off season, but football is starting to um, pick up pretty, uh, pretty big. And we got a big announcement by, by rights for the uh, football, the Thursday, April 27th, the NFL draft party, the first round of the NFL draft. We're going to be holding it at stage AE and the tickets are now on. So um, people watching www.draft412.com get on. Um, there's a, there's a, there's everything you need there to get your tickets. There's a little Venmo thing. Anything you need to, any way you want to order, check. Any way you want to order, you can order on the website. Um, we're looking forward to it. Um, Merrill Hodge is the MC. Uh, it's for the uh, uh, Bus Foundation. It's going to be um, a big part of the uh, the um, the whole party as well as how a lot of the money goes towards the uh, the Bus Foundation. Um, so come on out. Um, we actually want people out there. We don't want all Steeler fans either. You like the Patriots? You like the Bills? Come on out and give your opinion. Uh, it's going to be some Q&A going on, so you can be a part of it as well with uh, Merrill and, and us guys. What if you like Penn State? Can they come? Yeah, you, can, you can root for their players. They may – they may. Uh, I don't think they're yeah, – they might sneak a guy close to the first or in the first. But come I, on, I, Emmett. Come on. I, I know I, you got one in there, Emmett. <laughs> oh, no, you Joey Porter Jr. get drafted in the first round, by all means be out there. <laughs> nah, yeah, Joey Porter has a chance. There's no doubt. But guys, free agency is starting on March 13th, um, and free agency will basically be the the pathway to what the most NFL teams do in the draft. Um, the Steelers have a lot of holes. Um, let's look at the free agency versus the draft. Um, starting with you, four one two Joe. What 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 kind of path would you like to see the Steelers take? Do you, to sign a couple free agents like last year, like the Mason Cole type players, and then try to fill a hole or two like that, and then go into the draft. and And, and how do you look at your first two draft picks? Do you you look at moving them for more, or what do you well, think? I, I think the Steelers have options. Uh, this draft sets up pretty well for the needs that they have. They need corners. They need tackles. Um, they need defensive line. They need inside linebacker. Uh, all of which are going to be available at the right spots and at the right price in the draft. So they could stand pat and be okay. They might not get every player that's top on their list in every position, but they're going to get somebody that's going to come in and contribute. Um, but to your point, JT, they they have the draft capital, especially early draft capital, to move around and make a splash if they want to or move back and and, and accumulate additional draft assets as part of that. So you know, I think the draft for them is going to be a very important tool uh, as they try to figure out what their 2023, 2024 season is going to look like. Uh, and I also think that to your earlier point, uh, the free agent market is also a Steelers like free agent market. Um, there are top talent guys out there that they're never going to pay because the Steelers never pay in free agency. Uh, and they try to find players in free agency that they liked either in the draft and didn't get or players that fit roles for them um, like they did last year by bringing in guys like Levi Wallace and, and Mason Cole and Miles Jack. They, they found ways to bring guys in uh, and fill voids, even at an adequate level. Uh, but I think that's what the Steelers do. They build through the draft. They're patient. Uh, they don't give up too much. They never pay too much. Uh, and I think this draft, fortunate for them, sets up very well for that as a possibility uh, in the free agent market, I think there's a few gems out there that, that'll fit the Steelers model pretty well. And I know we'll get a, a chance to talk a little bit about that right now. But I think that if they sit where they sit at 17 and 32 uh, at the top of that second round, I think they're going to be happy with uh, the rest of the draft, no matter how it, it fills out. I think they're going to get two guys that are going to come in and fill two of those four spots that they need. Emmett, what do you think about um, as the Steelers free agents are uh, floating through the bottom line right now, is there any of them guys that you you would like to see the Steelers make a big play on and, and keep them? 
Well, definitely Cam Sutton, uh, because he's one that you might be able to get on a hometown discount. Uh, because the harsh reality of the Steelers offseason is they don't have space and they don't have a lot of draft picks. Fortunately, that that Claypool trade is turning out to be manna from heaven. Uh, because without that person running around pick, uh, the picks could be pretty dire this offseason. Under the case scenario, from what I've read and what I've looked into, Right now, the Steelers are four three over the cap. They can clear a lot of space, like every team can, and they can get to about forty million, clear about forty million. But once you take into account the overage, uh, we're we're losing you there, Emmett. Emmett, we don't hear we don't hear you at all, Emmett. You, we were having some kind of uh, malfunction uh, before we losing you. Um, so we'll get back to you here in a little bit. Dave, you hear us, Dave? You're good. I can, I can hear you good. Okay. What, what Dave, what the, the pickup on his, uh, what he was talking about, is there any, besides like Cam Sutton, is there any other guy? I mean, do you, do you let the other guys pretty much walk? I mean, there's not a lot out there. I wouldn't let walk. Um, Cam Sutton is, is certainly my pick of, of who they should go after. I thought Edmonds, uh, had a one of his better seasons as a Steeler, if not his best. Um, I would I would probably take a shot at him. Um, other than that, on the defensive line, um, I mean, pretty much those are free agents, are either not impressive or have been injured uh, quite a bit over the last couple of years. Um, I, that's pretty much as I as I look at this list. That's pretty much the only ones I go with. The other thing you're going to have to look at is backup quarterback because if you can save eight million dollars by cutting Trubisky, you cut Trubisky. Um, yeah. Does that mean um, uh, that um, um, Mason Rudolph becomes your de facto backup quarterback? If I mean he's he said he's willing to sign, but as I look at this free agent list. Um, there's not a lot out there that they would pay for, um, you know, and, and Emmett, uh, uh, did you get your mic working, Emmett? Okay. No, Emmett, Emmett was telling us earlier, he was going through the, um, you have no sound, Emmett. The, the salary cap. And by the time you get through, um, who you, you potentially are going to have to make $40 million in, in cuts, which from everything they're, they're projecting, that's about what you're, you're going to do. Um, but you probably only have about 22 million to spend on free agents coming in, which is not a ton of money. Um, TJ Edwards is um, an inside linebacker who many project the Steelers will go after um, who might be a, somebody they can get within um those those uh, parameters and um, tackle Caleb McGarry um, has had some detractors, but as I was looking at PFF today, actually graded out very well um, this year in their run blocking grade. He was second in, in the league at tackle. Um, but the thing is, tackle you got some depth there in 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 the draft. Um, cornerback seems like your decent uh, um, is your best position in the draft. So. That's why I wouldn't get too nuts uh, going through too many uh, free agents to fill these holes at this at this point, because um, there seems like as as uh, uh, Joe said, there's there's depth where they need depth. Um, yeah, yeah, Joe made a depth. good point too, Dorna, that the Steelers do what, exactly what he said. They'll, they'll sign a James Daniels, uh, a Mason Cole. You know, they're not they're not world burners. They're not guys that were in the top 70, 80 free agents that were out there last year, but they. Yeah. Like Joe said, they'll take the chance on the draft, and they'll take chances with these guys filling a hole for a couple of years, and hoping if, that the, uh, you know, the draft picks eventually if, do. Um, if, do if, you're, if you're looking for immediate help uh, to protect your um, uh, your young quarterback, um, who Emmett said is on par with uh, Joe Montana and uh, and Steve Young for greatness in in the NFL, I love that he can't talk. Um, <laughs> Um, but right now, unless you can get a Pete Skaransky, right. 
You're still not talking, isn't it? It's funny because Dave's taking advantage of it, and I love it 100%. By the way, all you Pitt fans out there, that's a Penn State guy who can't, can't speak right And we swear we didn't turn off his mic either. Yeah, we didn't do anything. <laughs> we don't have that. But, JT but, didn't put him on mute. Unless you get a Skarinski, uh, who I don't think is going to be there at 17, I do think you need to pick up a tackle and free agent um, to give some immediate help um, because you as I look at it, you need two tackles. Um, I don't trust either one of them. Um, that now, Dan Moore, Dan Moore should be your right. He should be your right tackle. But the problem with that is, and I think Joe, we talked about this off off the air too, is the money they gave Chuka, man. Yeah, it's almost, you know, it's almost like you must like Dan Moore had a good rookie season. He took a step back last year. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. the money you gave Chuka, Chuka to to basically be your right tackle, it's they got they got some some bad some bad money they threw around last year. That's not something you know. They did. Yeah, well they, they overreached with Chuksa Core for. Um he did not perform to that level this year. He will likely not perform. I think he's a swing tackle at best, uh depth guy who happens to be starting at right tackle. I agree with you. I think that Dan Moore could be a better right tackle than a left tackle, but they there was no one they didn't have any much of a choice. You know, they didn't address it at all in the offseason last year. They went, no. you know, you know, between the tackles with with Cole uh and 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 Daniels. Now they play better at the end of the season, there's no doubt. Uh and I think as you know, most Steeler fans go, they like to see a strong run game and they drafted Najee Harris to bring that, and that'll bring a lot of relief to a, a learning Kenny Pickett as he goes into a sophomore season. You know, but as we mentioned a little earlier at the top of this, the, the depth at tackle allows them to do a lot of what they want to do in the draft. And it's just not there um, in free agency. So you mentioned Caleb McGarry. Um, I know a lot of people are out there talking about Jawan Taylor from Jacksonville. And there's a few others, uh, even Taylor Lewan, who got cut uh, earlier in the week by the Tennessee Titans. There's talent there. But it's either super high end and it's unaffordable to them or it's reserve t talent or guys that are going to be positional guys that you're getting for the positional flexibility that Mike Tomlin likes. So there are opportunities there uh, for them to address it to some degree in free agency. But if you're looking for a stalwart offensive left tackle uh, that will be guarding Kenny Pickett's blind side for the next 10 years, it, you're not going to be able to afford it in this free agent market and or it's not there. You know, if you get past those three or four studs, they're just they're just not going to see it. They're, they're, it's not going to be available to you uh, if you're the Steelers this year. So I think that's that's a position that they have to uh, to address in the top three picks uh, that they have in in the draft. So to your question, John, I, I think that it it really comes down to them spending some draft capital on that. And whether that is Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern or Paris Johnson uh, from Ohio State. Even, I mean, I know a lot of people like Broderick, um, uh, Broderick Jones from, from Georgia, and, and I know that there's there's a, a bunch of other second-round talent guys uh, that are out there, even DeWan Jones from, uh, um, you know, Ohio State, who's playing right tackle is somebody that I think they can, they can take a look at. Darnell Wright from Tennessee, we've heard a lot of local yeah. people talk about. And um, Bergeron from Syracuse may still make it, you know, through that first round and drop into the second round. They've got chances to get guys that could be impactful for them. You don't have to draft a first rounder to start uh, on your line. It's great if you do, but this, I think, this draft is featuring a bunch of guys that are going to be starters, but no one that's going to be a superstar. Skaronsky's probably the closest to it at that position. So I, you know, and, and I think the Steelers going to draft that at thirty-two or this their second pick in the second round. Uh, or if they fall in love with someone, they want to trade up. I, I don't blame them. It's definitely a position of need. But I think they can wait on defensive end. I think they can wait on inside linebacker. I think that they, in the first three picks, have to address corner and offensive tackle. Um, you know, and they've got three picks to do those two. So let, let, let's hope that they hit them both. Well, I, I think they will. We'll address uh, uh, those in the first couple of rounds. Um, you know, I know if Emmett was here, he'd tell us that uh, Jordan Addison uh, would be who he'd he'd trade up for. But um, would Jins be up for the fact that the Steelers package seventeen and thirty-two? No, 
to to get a bunch of no, you get a bunch of twos and threes. I'm I'm saying move down, but yeah, do something like that or trade trade down a couple times and just would you with, with the way the draft is this year, you'd have no problem with you would have a problem with them taking like having like five or six picks in the second and third round if they. I I, I actually wouldn't want to move off those two. Um, I I it's rare that they get the opportunity to draft that high, even though it is 17. Um, I mean, you in essence have two first round picks here. And Definitely. while it's, it's a crap shoot, not as much a crap shoot as in baseball and hockey, but um, I mean, you have a better, you still, the odds are you have a better chance to get solid talent the further up you are. I mean, that's, that's just the nature of the beast. If they had the 32nd and say the 26th or 27th, if they had finished a little better in the standings, maybe then, but I, I wouldn't really want to push out that 17 personally. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in, in terms of, of will the Steelers trade down versus can they trade down or, or is a philosophical thing. I think they, the talent is there for them to trade down and still get, still get around the same talent they would have had at 17 um, you know, and if they move down five or six picks and they pick up a, a third round for that, it's possible. You know what I mean? I think it's something that they would they would consider. Uh, but I'm in the camp with David. I mean, the, the Steelers rarely draft in the teens. They're usually drafting in the 20s. Um, and it's going to be too expensive to trade up unless it's only a handful of picks. And I'm not sure they're in a position where they need to trade up for anybody. I mean, there's going to be plenty of corners there. I know hometown Heroes are going to be cheering for for Joey Porter Jr. to return in that in that capacity. He's clearly going to be available or should be available at 17 and perhaps even at 32. Uh, but there's plenty of quality corners in this draft that they can take a look at. And you know, if there's some movement to, to be had there, or or if it's it becomes a football trade and it's not about you know futures and they can get a player as part of that too. I think that's fine. I mean, they really do need to address inside linebacker and defensive end. You mentioned earlier about what free agents would we be looking at, but I think that the truth of the matter is, which free agents are we not going to bring back? And when you look at the, the 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 depth chart that they have at defensive end, really the only one that they know that they're that's going to be there for sure is is Cam Hayward. Now, Cam Hayward is a is a stud, right? I mean, there's there's nothing unless they do something crazy and move him and they're not going to do that. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's going to be here as captain of that defense again this year. And DeMarvin Leal played well, got injured, will probably play better this year. Uh, is he ready to move up into that starting spot? I don't know. But Larry Ogunjobi of the other three played probably better than Alu-Alu and Wormley. Wormley and, and Alu-Alu just are injury prone. And, and Alu-Alu's old, you know, for – I mean, he's not old compared to us, but he's old compared to what you need to play in the NFL, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as a reserve guy, you know, great. Loudermilk really hasn't panned out the way they thought he was, um, you know. And I think that there's going to be some temptation by Steeler fans to want the the return of a, of a certain uh, nose tackle that just got cut by the Philadelphia Eagles, who, who I think is going to be way too expensive and on the tail end of his career to – to bring back here, even though I think it, uh, you know, it'd be a fan favorite to see Hargraves come back uh, to the Steelers. Uh, I think that's a long shot, um, but you know, I think that's a position they've got to address later on. Uh, as same, and you know, I think that they're very good at drafting wide receivers uh, in later rounds as well. They've proven that over the years, uh, being able to to find you know depth at, at receiver, which is something that is they could go. Uh, after in the earlier rounds, but I don't think they need to go after in the earlier rounds. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, we, we've got a new administration here. Omar Khan and some of the folks he brought in from Philadelphia to help them build a winner. Is the, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to sit back on draft day and really see how they do. And maybe they move up and down like a, like a Jimmy Johnson used to, or, you know, they, they trade out of positions entirely. Like, you know, you, you never know. These guys are new. There's the, the predictability isn't there. Like it was with Kevin Colbert for as many years. That is true. That's a good point too. Um, it's, you know, new age and Steeler drafting. So it, it could be, um, I'm not going to say Colbert was, um, what's the word? He wasn't very, um, he wasn't aggressive, but he wasn't. He made his move when he had to, where he thought he had to. I mean, never all didn't always work out. The Devin Bush move, of course, moving up to take but him. He takes he takes a lot of. I mean, Devin Bush 
was a fine prospect coming out. I mean, inside linebacker yep. might have been a little too high uh, for the pick, but I I didn't think Devin Bush was a bad player before the injury. Yeah, the injury really cost I, him, I, and I don't think he ever got back to form. No. Um, so, and I think the fans got on him for it, and they expected yeah. more. When, when you trade up to a 10 spot to get the guy, yeah. when you give up what they gave up, he's supposed to play like Minka Fitzpatrick did. You know, you trade a first-rounder, to get Minka Fitzpatrick and Minka right. Fitzpatrick was a top 10 player right. and he's proving it year in and year out as, as an, uh, as an all-star and possibly the best right. free safety, arguably the best free safety in the league. And, you know, and, and the one thing that I would also mention is over the last couple of weeks, there's been some scuttlebutt about uh, Jalen Ramsey and his availability at the right price. Um, he still, ha- look, he's got a bigger contract. They'll have to clearly move money to make that it is for this coming year now maybe the the rams eat some of that and or the steelers move some of it back as as part of there's ways that they can they can get around that now i'm not saying it's going to happen the steelers rarely make a move like that but they did a few years ago for joe hayden at the right price and you know you know jalen ramsey could come in here and make a really big impact on that defense uh this this year but is that is that in the really in the cards? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I, I know that's a big rumor thing. And then James Bradbury is available in free agency. Now he'll be expensive, but we but we got a bunch of Eagle guys in the uh, uh, in, in the front office now that 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 might uh, might say, "Hey, James Bradbury is worth it for for the Eagles. We should bring him here." I just think if they're, if they're going to roll the dice on somebody, it probably will be uh, in the in the draft. And it's just the Steelers traditionally have not taken it but it's worth the discussion i guess is what i'm yeah. saying no it, it could be out there but um you know i i do think we've seen different things from this administration um than we've seen in the past um i mean the move to trade uh one of your top three wide receivers in the middle of the season i'm not sure that would have that would have been done um before and it was a brilliant move i mean claypool is not a first round uh, uh, a first round uh, worth, and that's what they're getting with uh, um, with the thirty second pick in the draft. And yeah, I mean, Claypool has first round size and speed, and you but know, not production reserve kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah. You know, he just he just never produced. He, he never. I don't think he has the. Right. He has, I mean, he has the size of, of Calvin John. I hate even describing him that way, but the guy's built that way. Right. And um, just could never put it together. And so even when he went to Chicago, just kind of petered out over there. We'll see what happens this coming year. But, you know, I don't expect him to be much better than when he was. And I think the Bills – or not the Bills, that the Bears overpaid for him. Yeah. Yeah, big time. One, uh, thing, but again, Steelers, one thing the Steelers do do well, um, they've done it the – I don't even say the last couple of years, but no, I'd say three of the last four years is they're really good – at um, when teams starting to put their rosters together right before uh, training camp, like when players either get cut or they're going to get traded, Steelers seem real good about moving in around that time of the season too to pick up a, you know, like a guy that's just getting cut, like the June cuts. And it's, uh, I actually always look for the Steelers to make a move later than I do early because the Steelers aren't the team. They ain't like the like the, how the Penguins used to be the first day of free agency. Oh, look who they signed! Like the Steelers are not a team that's usually on the blip right away in free agency. And um, they've done well the last, um, like you said with Hayden, Hayden was a, as a late, a late off season move. Yeah. Um, they're good at that, right? Yeah, they're, they're very really good, good at that. Doing they're, that. They're, and there are teams that find themselves in pinches and guys got to move and the Steelers swoop in and, and grab them. They're very good. And I wouldn't even call Hayden or any of those guys that they've done. JT is, as really scrap heap guys. These guys have, have, they've got, length they've got longevity to go in 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 their in their careers they just need to go and and play in a different place and i think that that's why the ramsey thing even though it doesn't make sense when you hear it when you let it settle in you're like yeah you know what this guy's only in his late 20s he could play for another three or four years at his at his level and he's the kind of guy that has size that if you needed to you can bump him back to safety later in his career he's got that kind of mentality too what's in type like yeah yeah but you know it's just you don't you never hear that kind of name with the Steelers in in a trade like that and then you think back and you're like well Joe Hayden wasn't that long ago and we made that happen now it wasn't for what purportedly uh the Rams are looking for in return they're looking for that 32nd overall pick 
Um, I don't know where that goes. I'd like to say I, I know that Dave mentioned Rocky Sin before as a potential uh, you know free agent corner acquisition. I would offer another name. I think Jamel Dean uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be an interesting play. Now he's not a ball hawk. He's not Minka Fitzpatrick. He's not going to go out there and get or Woodson and you know and grab you you know six or seven interceptions on a year. But the guy can tackle. He's you know he's you know I I honestly think he's he's somebody that. Uh, you know, the Steelers would consider taking a look at because he's not, especially if if Sutton walks, they're going to need somebody like Absolutely. like him. And, you know, here's a guy that's got, he's, you know, 6'1", a little over 200 pounds. I mean, the guy can clearly play, you know, and I would also offer that a potential defensive end uh, candidate uh, in free agency is a guy named Draymond Jones. And I would venture to guess that most people that are listening to our show right now, especially this deep into our show probably don't know who Draymond Jones is, but he's a defensive end that plays for the Denver Broncos, who's young, aggressive. He's a perfect fit for our 3-4 uh, system. He's not a glory seeker. He'll come in and give – he'll be in a, you know, a starter across from Cam Hayward uh, until Leal's ready to, to, to be a starter. But this guy, you know, he's 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 got what it takes. He won't be all that expensive to get if the Steelers want to go in that direction. And if I were betting, I think both those guys are – affordable free agents that fit what the Steelers are looking for if they don't sign Cam Sutton and if they don't make a, you know, a big splash in the draft uh, for a three, four defensive end, which, you know, I think the Aaron Smith types is, or, or the, um, the, the Brett Kiesels of the world, they can get later in the draft and, and survive it uh, that way. Well, Draymond Jones makes a lot of sense. That's a, um, that actually, I can actually see him being. I'd be shocked if the Steelers don't at least look at his look his way because their needs right now. And like you said, he's not going to be a. It's not going to be a huge a huge money guy. Um, he's still young. That's the part. That's the part I want. Like I want to. If you're going to go make a splash, like Hayden was fine. He was was he 30, 31 when we got him. Maybe yeah, he was. He was over the thirty mark. Okay, yeah, so and he gave us, you know, the seasons we needed, three, four seasons. Oh, so. It was perfect. But I, if we're gonna make a splash, I, like I wouldn't mind even like um, how you, Jamal Dean's a young guy. Um, Rocky Sin's young. Rocky Sin. Rocky Sin makes a lot of sense to me, honestly. From Temple, uh, I watched him in college. He play. He plays a, a Pittsburgh style. He's a, he's a hard hitter. Um, not a ball hawk either, really, but. A guy that you bring him in here, and I think, like we talked about his name. Not that you want a guy for his name. I think the, the fans would, would take to him. I think it'd be a um a, a nice a nice look for the Steelers to uh go after a young cornerback like that. If you're not going to draft one in the first round, which you know the Steelers don't like to do, um at least religiously, but like you said before, it's a whole new uh it's a whole new regime. And talking about new regimes, don't forget, people. Thursday, April twenty seventh, that is the opening. Night of the NFL draft, the big night of the draft. Uh, um, draft 412 and Merrill Hodge will be our MC. We'll be at Stage AE in Pittsburgh. We're going to have some great vendors that will be announced later on. Um, you, you can't go wrong with this if you're a football fan. You get to come out, you get to get to hang out um, in close proximity to like Merrill Hodge and some other uh, analysts and, and just talk. I mean, you. You have a question, or you want to? You want to obey? I think New England should take. New England should take this. You know, we'll have who? Uh, you know, bills are on the clock. Who are they going to take? We'll have people screaming who they think, and uh, it's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a. It's going to be a first time I've been at something like this. So I think uh, a lot of will be the first time he's been at something like this. So it'll be a good time to come out and and uh, just soak in football. Because I mean, right after that, May, June, July, just football. Football never ends in Pittsburgh, so. And yeah. em- Emmett's lights are still off. I think Emmett Emmett just Emmett turned it in, turned in. Well, the podcast got markedly better when he fell off, so we're good. <laughs> oh, he's gonna, he's re- he's listening to it somewhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm, somewhere in that dark house, Emmett's listening. To <laughs> podcast, but, um, guys. So uh, let's look at the offensive side of the ball real fast. We talked about the offensive line already. Are you are you in? Najee had a um. A little bit resurgence late in the year last year. Are you sold on him now, or yes, they have to really. I mean, at least Naj- Najee started running hard. Mm-hmm. He started aggressively hitting the holes rather than 
uh, dancing a little bit. And, and a lot of it is the offensive line improved as the, as the year went on. But I like how he was a more aggressive going forward. Could part of that have been he got, he got good influence by Jalen Warren because he doesn't have the talent of Harris, but, man, that guy runs hard. And um, um, I, I think Harris is the running back. The second half of the year is the running back um, showing to be the running back they hoped he would be. I, I think right now the skilled positions have a lot of incredible potential going forward. Um, Calvin Austin is, is the one guy we, we didn't get a chance to see who, from all accounts, could be a potential, you know, kick-ass receiver uh, for the team, giving him a lot of depth going there. Um, I mean, Pickens showed a lot of incredible talent uh, uh, that first year that only should get better. Um, so I, I I know it's not going to happen. I know it's the stupid thing. But what would you think if Jordan Addison did drop down to 17? Would that be something you might be tempted to? Because where is it? It's it's not a hole they need to fill. But man, he's he's an incredible route runner, and and I think the best part of that ain't even that. It's just a, um, he saw it work with Burrow with Chase. Just get a give Pickett his teammate. I mean, his guy he threw for threw with for three years. That to me, that's a that could be a big a big thing for Pickett to give him um, a little comfortability. I don't know if I would like Joe was talking about earlier. I don't know if I give up the choice of if you have a cornerback or a or a tackle there. I, I can't see the Steelers. Yeah, it's not the bright thing to do necessarily, but man, just putting that talent in with with uh, uh, with Pickens with with Austin and with Johnson when Johnson holds on to the ball, um, you know. I, I mean, that's that's a dynamic wide receiver. You definitely have a hole at receiver. I mean, because you don't know what you're getting out of Austin right now. You no, only you, got, don't. you don't. You only got Johnson and Pickens. So you really – you don't want Steven Sims or uh, Miles Boinkin. No. I mean, you don't want them guys to be getting um, a ton of playing time. So I, there's definitely a spot for a receiver, whether it be a, a – um, I I a just – if, if, if I'm Omar, I'm just very – very tempted if he's available. Well, I'd, I'd say a few things uh, to that end. I mean, first of all, Boykin and, and Sims are both free agents. I, I don't expect both to come back, but I don't expect both to leave either. I think that from a depth perspective, they want to see one of them, uh, if not both, return. But to your points, we do have a hole at receiver, um, a hole that Claypool was supposed to fill and hadn't. But, you know, we saw Pickens, you know, his ascension. Uh, during this year, he you know led the league in combat catches. The guy is, you know, very talented. It's only going to get better. Receivers are always going to get better from first year to second year, is the way it goes. And I don't think we have a real shot at Quentin Johnston from TCU. I mean, if you want to talk about the best receiver in the draft, at least from a prospect perspective, who's got size, speed, hands, would be him. everything you want, you think Johnston might be the guy. Uh, but here's my problem with Addison. Addison doesn't have size to play uh so he has to depend on speed but until he runs and we see what his his true 40 is at the combine i'm not sure he's got the speed like I, like there are some other guys out there like jalen hyatt from tennessee or uh, jackson uh, uh smith and jigba from uh, ohio state or joss downs or zay flowers i mean all these guys have flashed at least the speed if not more speed um, with the same size as, as, as Addison. And I know that people around here like Addison because of what he did uh, with Kenny Pickett, and it is attractive, but I don't know if Addison's a first-round guy. He will be taken in the first round. I can almost guarantee that. But if he slipped to the second round after the combat, I wouldn't be surprised just based on the package that he brings. He's not six foot three with you know, you know, know the, the frame of D DK Metcalf, um, or you know he doesn't come with the, you know, like, I think that, nor is he the Antonio Brown uh, guy. I don't think he has those, those kind of those kind of traits. I think he might be a, a strong slot receiver in the NFL. Is he a first-round talent there? We could probably get a second or third-round guy that serves that same purpose on this team, you know, and we can, you know, forgive the sentimentality of, of us Pitt fans, me included, that would love to see Jordan reunited with Kenny. I just think it would be at, at a cost that might be, 
just a little bit too rich for my blood when they have clearly deeper needs at other positions. And, you know, with this draft, I think there's enough guys that can fill that that number three receiver slot that they can get in the second or third round that might be a little bit more. The one thing I love about them that you, you can't really look at a combine for is when you get double teamed and he was, he was double teamed the last two years uh, for sure. The guy runs an incredible route. He finds way to, ways to get open. And that's, that's an intangible that I, I mean, yeah, I love Pitt and, and you know, I don't love the Trojans. Didn't like how that all went down, but I would watch him um, because I was intrigued by his talent. And, and you know, I, I, that's the one thing I love seeing about him is, is he finds ways to get open and he catches the ball when he gets open. You mentioned one name too, Joe, that I, I think not enough people are talking about, but that Jalen Hyde from Tennessee. Um, in all the games I watched Tennessee play this year, the, the guy, that guy's a beast. I mean, he's a deep ball threat. But then again, you got to look at like, I mean, Hendon Hooker, that's, that's the one pass Hendon Hooker just drew all year long as well. But I do, I do like, I do like, um, I do like Jalen Hyde a lot. Um, He could be a guy that could be there for our second, second round pick, depending on receivers are so, there's so many good receivers that sometimes they spread out and they're like, wow, that guy, that guy's still around in the second round. You have like five that go in the first round and you got the four in the second round. And, and, and Addison could go anywhere from the top 12 to like end of the second round, depending on depending he could on be the first receiver taken off the board and no one would be surprised. The way the combine, the combine means a ton for, I think the combine might be more for a receiver than it does for almost any other. It's, it's, it's separation for sure. For those guys, if they run, you know, a four, three or a sub four, three, uh, but to Dave's point, you, what you can't see that you can only see on tape is how they, Oh, how they that's... scheme out, you know, do they beat, you know, uh, you know, over under, you know, do they, do they, how do they, how do they play against various schemes that you sometimes don't see in, in college that you have to, you have to judge how someone beats a double team. Uh, and are they a good combat catcher? Do they have the size uh, to, to take a hit if they're crossing the middle They're Do they, are they intimidated things that you're not going to be able to see at a combine when a guy's running around in underwear, you know, you've got to see it on tape. You got to see it live. Uh, when they're playing, you have to interview them and 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 get within their head space to figure out if they're going to be that guy uh, for you. And and there's nothing saying that Jordan Edison won't be. And I don't want to. I'm not casting any kind of aspersions uh, on him at all. But I agree with your statement. He could be the number one pick taken in the top 15 for receivers, and no one will blink an eye. And he can also go at the bottom of the second round. And people might question why he fell but he didn't really fall. That might be slotted perfectly for him uh, as a mid second round guy that really overperformed with Kenny Pickett in a great offensive scheme for him. Uh, and then underperformed in, in Southern Cal uh, with a potential Heisman trophy candidate quarterback suffered some injuries, but you know, didn't really dif- differentiate himself against the other three receivers that were, that we're starting uh, for the Trojans. So, you know, which, which Jordan Addison are you going to get? You know, he may have been, you know, he may have made the right choice you know, for him and his family to go to USC. I don't know if going there and playing that additional season helped him or hurt him. I guess we'll find out on the 27th uh, of April, but I think for now to Dave's point, I would welcome him back in a Steeler, you know, I'd love to see him back at Pittsburgh. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I think the jury's out as to whether or not, you know, he's a first round or a second round guy. And we'll see how the NFL values him. One thing I will say, too, is I I was basically at home um, up in a press box for all the home pit games and during his during his career at Pitt. And the one thing he did really well was he did take hits over the middle. He's a tough kid. Um, and the other thing, I'm not going to call Ben and Antonio Brown kind of thing, but when Pickett would get – uh, when Pickett would get um, taken out of the pocket and be uh, rolling around, he'd always would find Addison found a way to always find an open spot on the field, and they had a little bit of a connection, which I know it's college, and uh, depending on how the Steelers' offense will be, but that, that's one other good thing. But the bad thing is we were we were making fun of Tomlin uh, about taking if he take, took Porter, what would the local people here? I mean, he, you know, taking another Pitt player in the first round. I mean. 
a lot of pressure on uh just like the Steelers are just taking all the hometown guys, you know, the last couple of years. I'd be a little uh well not that you played wrong, I, but I, I don't think they would take him in the first round. I, I do think they think the um holes at corner and tackle are gonna you know, although they say take the best man available. Which that'll be a linebacker. That with, you take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a linebacker. But although <laughs> although I finally as, as we talk about him, I I, I find it funny. I was doing some research on 1974 for a, uh, a project I'm I'm uh, about to work on, and um, when they drafted Lynn Swan, papers were criticizing him for being too small. They questioned whether he was tough enough. Um, you know, questioned whether he could get open, and they were mad as hell because um, um, he threatened. He, he said, "Well, if you don't give me what I want for money, I I'm." a trained actor. Um, so I can go that route. So he, he was not, not that Jordan Addison is, is a Lynn Swan. I, I just, I just, uh, with the wide receiver comparison, I kind of found it funny as I was looking at that. And, and this was the reaction of Pittsburgh when, when they drafted Lynn Swan in the, in the first round. And, and boy, they were, you reminded me that when you, you were talking about how tough Addison was going across the middle, because that was Lynn Swan in, in, in a nutshell. And he was nothing what, what he was projected, but hell, when they drafted Jack Lambert, they were criticizing him for being smaller than Terry Bradshaw. He he weighed less than Terry Bradshaw when they drafted him, and uh, um, Mike Webster they projected would get cut. So well, that didn't work. You never know what you're getting. Dave, to your point too, I mean, you have to think schematically uh, with these drafts too. You, you, well, we oftentimes talk about players that we like or we think perform well. Yeah. You know, the Steelers have a gap that Calvin Austin may fill in Chase Claypool's departure. Now, Claypool was a bigger body guy that was playing at that position, but Pickens clearly moved up in front of him on the depth chart uh, and and stole that position from him. He lost his job, and that's why he got traded. Yeah. If Austin is that slot receiver, they may pass that up and look for someone else. Because let's not forget, we still have Fryermuth. I know Gentry is a, uh, you know, never really panned out. He was a late round guy. They might need a little bit of depth there, depending on what they do with, with, with tight end. But you know, at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, with Kenny and Najee and Pickens, they have a hell of a team coming together. And I'm downplaying Deontay Johnson because Deontay Johnson will be going into the second year of a two-year deal that'll end at the end of next season. He's a $17 million guy or some ridiculous number that he clearly has never played up to, to no. being. And so if they're going to pick someone that's going to replace Deontay Johnson, if that's the goal, let him play out this season, then maybe a Jordan Addison fits because he could fit that role a lot better right. or someone like a Jordan Addison. I'd re I, you know, I think uh, uh, there's a few guys in this draft uh, that uh, can, can fit that role if they don't plan on re-signing Deontay long-term. Uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, and so there's, you know, looking at it from the war room perspective, I think the yeah. Steelers will make a decision on what receiver they take because they will take one right. um, pending on what they think they're going to do with Deontay, you know, post the 2023 season. And I get the feeling they think Hayward will, will slot nicely into that backup tight end role. And if he does what he did at Michigan State, you let Derek Watt go and he can he can certainly plug into the fullback for the short amount of times they use yeah him. that guy's he's he's got a lot of positional flexibility he played yeah. well uh yeah. better than i thought he was uh mm -hmm. going to play yeah. um i questioned his speed when he was at, at msu but he might be one of those guys that don't run well on the clock but run really well on the yeah. field and i think yeah, he exactly. proved that last year and yeah. um i think he'll only get better yeah i agree with that and i i think that one guy on the offense that we really haven't mentioned is, is firemuth like what he can put up He's a he's a good uh, for a young quarterback to have a guy like Fryermuth. If he if he could be like the Heath Miller was to uh, Ben, he Fryermuth does a lot of great things. Uh, whether it be down in the uh, down in the red zone or just um, catching catching some tough passes, I think Fryermuth. I mean, he's a Penn State guy, so I, of course I was like, oh, but he's a he's a great he's a good he's a good tight end. Like we, I think me and you Joe talked about, he'll never be Travis Kelsey. He'll never be a guy that's going to get 95, 100 catches, but he's going to be a guy that can continuously put up 65, 70 catches, um, doesn't drop too many passes, c catches the ball. I, I like I like him. Um, I thought when they, they took Zach Gentry in the sixth or seventh, I think it was the seventh round, 
Michigan. Um, I like to pick at first. Was, was he six seven? And he, he, I watch a lot of Michigan football. He did did decent there, but tight end's a tough, tougher position than people think of. I mean, you think all yeah. oh, this guy's just gonna he catches these the tall guys and go out and catch all these passes. The number one tight end at this point in the year last off season was Jalen Widermeyer from Texas A and M. Do you remember him? Yeah, he didn't even get drafted. Like a team, yeah, he didn't even get drafted. He was the number one. Like right now, before any of the combine, I still remember putting it out. He was the number one tight end for most experts going into the uh, to the combine. I don't know if it was a uh, an injury they found out about or just a personality. That just that goes to tell you how fast a player can can just drop, can yeah. just drop, and that yeah. tells you how fast a player can go yeah. up too. But, well, but let's, go ahead, David. Oh, I was just going to say, let's look at it this way. We were we were talking last year about the Pirates being the closest to a championship out of the, the Pittsburgh teams. We were we were talking uh, about the Steelers being far away. It took one good draft, and last year's draft was 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 a pretty good draft. Um, I mean, they were able to fill some some holes with it, but look at the difference a few slotted players can make, and now you don't feel this team is as far away as as uh, yeah, as you're one hundred percent right, one hundred percent. I mean, you got Kenny in the first round, you got Pickens in the second round, and Demarvin Leal in the third round. Yeah. All three of those guys are, are impact players for this yeah. team. The yeah. first two, of course, more so than Leal, but Leal will come along, and I think fill in nicely in that position. But you know, just to finish your thought, JT on on Fryermuth. I mean, Fryermuth, in my opinion, you know, yeah, if he if he levels out at Greg Olson. It's worth the second round. I mean, I'll take that all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got the hands, he's got the size, he's becoming a better blocker. Um, you know, he has to stay healthy, which has been an issue uh, for him today. To be fair, he's had he suffered a number of concussions already in a very young career. Sure. And as a Steeler fan, especially a draft Nick Steeler fan like I am, they passed on Creed Humphrey, who will be an All Pro center for the Kansas City Chiefs for the next ten years, and already won a Super Bowl to yes. draft. Pat Fryermuth as our starting tight end of the future. And instead we got stuck with Kendrick Green. Uh I, that's that was a mistake. That was, that was a big mistake. But you know, if, if, if at the end of the day, if Fryermuth plays to his capacity and becomes that other threat on the field, uh, another outlet for for Pickett, uh, alongside Pickens, then you know what? It might have been a worthwhile trade-off now i will always regret not taking creed humphrey in that spot i think that was a giant mistake but you know that's not friar moose fault and he was still a blue chip he was a first round talent that had fallen to them in the second round i get why they took him and for whatever reason they just had forsaken the offensive line almost in total uh the last two drafts and if you want to say they addressed it with chooks and and or dan moore Okay, fine, or Kendrick, whatever. Yeah, they drafted guys at that line, but they're, you I mean, Dan Moore was a late round guy. Chooks is an overpaid right tackle that, you know, m- might be better served not being, we may not need that contract sucking up that money, especially yeah. after his performance last year, which was mediocre at best. And then, you know, Green, I'm not even sure is going to make the team. Uh, you know, so I, I think that they really need to address, they haven't. Um, and when they have in the past, even in late first rounds, when you look at a Pouncey or a DeCastro in recent years, they've put guys in there that could be that could be Hall of Fame guys. Uh, and I'd like for them to get back to that at, at this 17 spot. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you, you will. But um, here's a kid from Pitt they took in uh, and uh, late in the first round that turned out to be a bust. Was it Tom? Uh, Rickets. Rickets. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. So you never know. You hey, Evan is back. The voice of God has entered the show. Never left. Evan, <laughs> where are you at? What happened to your picture? I have no idea. Trying to reboot everything, and the picture, I guess, didn't come back. No. We didn't. We, we didn't. We weren't. We weren't hammering you too hard. I don't think. Like I said, I never left. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, without without the video, actually, your voice problem has gone away. Yeah, it has gone away. So it might be a Wi-Fi bandwidth issue. 
I'm sitting here with my router in my lap. The, my Wi-Fi signal is is. You no, know, if I had a dime for every time somebody used that line on me, <laughs> <laughs> it would have worked zero times. <laughs> so, what do you agree or disagree with what we've been talking about, Emmett? Let's see. You've been been on for about fifty minutes, so I need about fifty minutes of rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that you spent about fifteen minutes on a guy that has no shot of being the the, the Steelers' first round pick, uh, I don't know if that was the most judicious use of, of podcast time, but it will it will play with the Western Pennsylvania folks. Um, I think a lot of a really good. Uh, takes were made. I'm not as optimistic uh, on the long term of the Steelers. Uh, I think they are, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, uh, Denny Green, they are who we thought they were. Uh, I think the Steelers are what they think they, what they've proven to be. They're nine and eight, they're 10 and seven on a good year. They're 11 and six, maybe make the playoffs, get the first round. I don't see anything happening in this off season that's going to change that. Uh, I, I think when you consider how many other teams have cap space, you look at someone like the Bears that's going to have $100 million in cap space and a lot of the same needs that the Steelers do. Um, you know, that's the other thing. In addition to what, what your cap amount is, there's other teams out there with money too, and they get to, they get to, they get to bid on people. Uh, so, uh, I think, uh, again, Cam Sutton is probably the best move for them to make. Uh, I think the other guys who I agree with, I like them, <clears throat> pardon me, but I don't think you're going to get the hometown discount that you might get with Cam. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, I think defensive line, uh, you touched on, I think I, I think it's a kind of an underrated concern. Uh, I, I love Liao. Uh, I mean, I thought, you know, Dave made a point. Last year's draft was fantastic. It really was. And especially the top three picks are uh, are going to, you know, the, those are your answers uh, at those positions for the next 10 years. Uh, so I, 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 but, you know, how quickly does Hayward fall off the cliff? Uh, and, and is Leal really your only legitimate guy two years from now? Uh, that you're looking at. So I, I think D-line has to be a big consideration. And also, you know, in terms of the team's performance down the – did the offensive line get better? Did Najee get better? Yeah, that's a big part of it. But if you remember a few up until a few years ago in baseball when they would open the rosters to anyone on the 40-man roster, and you would look at September stats of guys – and you say, oh, my God, we got our center fielder uh, for the next 10 years because he was getting fat on September pitching. Now, did the Steelers get better or was it the tomato cans they were playing down the stretch? Well, I think the Steelers did get better. They did play an easier schedule, that, that's for sure. But um, one thing I want to throw out here at you guys. I, I was looking back at the 1987 draft because the one thing I remember about that is it was a draft they went for positions and not necessarily the best athlete available. Your first six picks were all, they needed to get stronger on defense. First six picks were defensive. Woodson, Delton Hall, mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry, Charles Lockett was a wide receiver who was in there. Um, but you picked Thomas Everett, Hardy Nickerson, um, Tim Johnson, and Greg Lloyd were were your first picks what if the Steelers went out I mean if I had my druthers of building a team I'd build it defensively first because I think it's been proven time and time again if if you have a stout defense you're always in a game and can always take a run at the Super Bowl as, lo as long as you're the offense isn't horrendous what would you think if they concentrated because this is one thing I, I keep looking down. Do you push that offensive line in that or defensive line in that draft? Do you, do you push that um, uh, inside linebackers? Do you maybe, what would you do if you took the first six picks all on defense and tried to make this as strong a defensive uh, core as possible? 
They already well, got the highest paid defense in football right now. Yeah. Um, but the, but it's but it's uh, the highest paid defense because of three guys. Yeah. But... I I mean it's it's not. I look down at that list and and you know it's not a top defensive talented team. Now, unless they change the focus of the rules, um, if you're not really strong offensively, you have no shot. Uh, go back and look at the last several Super Bowls. What are the scores? You know, and these are supposedly the two best teams, with probably the exception of Tampa and Kansas City. They've all, you know, they've they become indistinguishable from the Arena Bowl. But is that where a stout defense could be a difference? Uh, Los Angeles Rams from last year. I mean, they had, they had a good offense. I didn't think they had one of the best offenses in, in that I've ever seen. But that defense was, was pretty incredible. Not last year, but the year before. But, but and this kind of goes back to the salary cap, cap thing. That one year, they proved the cap, you can make it non-existent and you can load up. Um, but boy, they found out this year, uh, you know, it's one thing to have 30 NFL caliber players on your roster and 23 XFL rejects, uh, because once the injuries start coming, you get real bad real fast. Uh, um, you know, the rules let you score. Uh, which you know again the big one of the one of the myriad of of criticisms of Canada is in today's NFL you can't get twenty points a game you know how are you taking a paycheck I I, I sort of agree, I sort of agree with that but the other thing is so our, look at our division too so many offenses mm-hmm. that we we have to go up against. Um, uh, you can get a good defense. Burrow's still going to put thirty on you, yeah. at least at least one of the two games, and then you've got to deal with um. Well, but at I, some I, point, at some point in time, unless they improve their offensive line, I think the one I, I love Joe Burrow, and I think he's a great talent at quarterback. Could be the greatest talent in the game, um, at at quarterback uh, right now, but. He doesn't have a good offensive line in front of him. At some point in time, that's going to wear down on him. Well, they, they spent a ton uh, this last, the previous offseason, and two of the three guys uh, in front of him were lost for the season with injuries, and he still made a pretty deep playoff run. Well, he he did, but my point is, do you, do you be that team that uh, – uh, might be able to put a, a nice enough rush to. Uh, I get your. I get your. I get your point with the defense. Is Joe sleeping? No, I'm, my camera froze and I look like I'm sleeping. <laughs> I was like, man, Joe's sleeping. <laughs> I, thought, I thought maybe Thor left him a uh, left him a present. If you had your luchador mask on, we'd never know. But you know, I told you. All right. All right, guys, we're going to be finishing up anyways for the hour. I, I appreciate your guys' talk. By the way, does any of you guys have a little opening on Thursday night? That's the night before the Penguins um, will announce their uh, – Friday's the trade deadline, 3 o'clock. So if any of you want to talk Penguin hockey, I'm going to get on talk about what the Penguins could do or what they should do. Um, that's a whole other – that's a whole other organization in this town that's almost in the same kind of boat as the Steelers. It really doesn't look like they have a – a quick fix. There's no, there's no quick fix. I'm just going to no. take time now. So, no. Although it's it's kind of funny um, after last night's game, uh, the talk around town of uh, you know how great they can be, and I nah, that's our back. I, it was Brian I, Elliott. It wasn't. That yeah, was Vasilevsky. It was. I I don't. I. It's not. They're they're in trouble. And <laughs> last I mean, night's win doesn't change that. Nope. Sell, I mean, sell, sell. The third and fourth line didn't all of a sudden uh, become the best third and fourth line in in the game just because they scored last night. Yeah. It's, it, it's a bad third. Yeah, and we fourth may line. Come on. If you just look at maybe Thursday night, we'll come on for a uh, Penguin podcast. Look for that the day before the uh, trade deadline. But once again, people, thank you for listening in Thursday, April twenty seventh. Um, if you're friends of mine, Dave's, Emmett's. Joe's, you want to reach out to us and find some stuff out about what the party details, please uh, IM us, do what you have to do, call us. 
but get on the website, um, check it out. Um, especially if you have any family members or friends that are, that are business owners that maybe want to come out and get their, their product out. There's going to be a lot of different people, um, in a lot of different walks of life out there that night. So get your, get your company to come out, sponsor, uh, have a great time. Uh, guys, next time we talk football, we'll talk, um, me and Joe will be back from uh, 412. Joe will be back from Indianapolis. We'll talk about maybe some of the times and some of the players that are starting to rise up the boards and we can start talking about um, maybe get a better idea of who who we think fits in the Steelers' um, plans a little bit better by maybe just hearing some stuff being talked about. But um, Emmett, next time, Emmett's really not that dark, as though you know. <laughs> oh, I'm dark. <laughs> I'm very dark. At least uh, uh, mood-wise, <laughs> when, when it comes to the Steelers offseason, I'm very dark. Yeah, but like Dave said, if they have another draft like last year, that's one step closer. Sometimes you got to build like that. So one thing this town doesn't have is a lot of patience. I mean, mm. I can't say you see that with the Pirates because, I mean, well, Pirates. Okay, okay. Last it's thirty years in a salary cap era—that's that's pretty yeah. damn successful run they've had. Right. <laughs> yeah. But all right, guys, thank you, guys. Um, look for the look for the podcast on the website, and also um, look for articles. Get on www.draft412.com. There's all kinds of stuff going to be happening here in the near future. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thank you.